Welcome to the podcast from In Church, Phoenix. This message is, Boldness in the Word, with Pastor Scott Dawkins. January 8th, 2017. Let's pray and we'll get into the Word this morning. Lord God, I thank you for, Lord, this day. I, I thank you that you've called us to be a church that is on the edge, Lord, that is on the front line. And uh, Lord, we just pray right now for, for that family. Uh, Lord, if there are any uh, children or of those people that were that were killed, that were that gave their lives, Lord, for your cause, Lord, we just pray, Lord, that you would meet them and comfort them, bring peace in that situation, bring your protection to them in that situation. Lord, we just pray for every church planner, Lord, that we support, every ministry that we support. Lord, we just pray for your protection. Lord, we pray that they would continue to go forward. We thank you for the boldness that they have. And Lord, I pray that their boldness would be an example to us. Lord, that we too would be just as bold. And uh, Lord, I just want to pray and commit this word to you, Lord. It's it's your word. And uh, Lord, I pray that each one of us, Lord, would have hearts that would be ready to be changed because of your word and what you would speak to our hearts today. So we just pray and commit this all to you and for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. There were two men in uh, World War II, the story of th- that I read about these two men, one of them that I read and, and one of them I was told. And um, one man was in Papua New Guinea. Actually, both of these men were in Papua New Guinea. They were Australian men in the Second World War. And, and the first man was in charge of uh, a supply route, making sure supplies get from point A to point B. And uh, he got word that there were some enemies in the area and they couldn't tell them whether they should proceed with the supplies or whether they should wait with the supplies until they knew for certain that the area was clear. But so they didn't give any instruction. And so this man, being a Christian man, prayed. And he prayed and asked God, what should we do? Because if they stay and it's the wrong decision... They're in trouble. If they go and it's the wrong decision, they're in trouble. And so he prayed, and as he prayed, the verse that says, Be still and know that I am God came to his recollection, came to his heart. So based on that, and you just feel like the Holy Spirit was speaking that to him in that moment, they stayed. They waited. And then they were able to proceed when it was safe and everything was good. There's a second man as well that I was referring to, and he uh, was actually not a part of any uh, military army. He was Salvation Army, and uh, he was there as a chaplain. And there was a, a, a ship coming into port and uh, that was under enemy fire. And there were men on the ship, and there were supplies on the ship, And so this man, he got into this 12-man boat, went out to the ship because the ship couldn't come all the way in, loaded up with men, loaded up with supplies, enemy fire, bombs dropping, guns firing, everything in the midst of all that would go out, get a load, load it up with, with men, supplies, come back in, unload, go back out, load up, come back in, unload, backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards. And as another Christian man, I thought, man, that's that's some boldness right now. They, for the first man, that was boldness in, 
in terms of trust in the word in, in a moment like that, trust in what God's saying and and uh, saying, okay, God, because, I mean, we're talking about, again, life and death situation. And then it's bold for that other man as well that would go out and come back and go out and come back with all the, the stuff coming down, all the, the, uh, the bombs and the bullets and everything like that coming down. And I tell you that story because, and the reason why I know those stories are those men were my grandfather's. And uh, I love the example to me personally as a, as a grandkid, as a grandson, um, because I love the boldness. And, and were they scared? Yeah, they were scared. But did they act anyway? Yes, they did. Were they worried that they might die? Yes. But did they trust God anyway? They did. And we can all admire men and women like that and we applaud their bravery and their boldness and what i love about america is whenever you go to a sporting event this doesn't happen in australia but whenever you go to a sporting event they ask all the men and women who have served or are currently serving to to stand and everybody there applauds everybody there gives appreciation for every single man and woman who i love i love that we honor that and those men and women who are an example to us of, of, of boldness, really, in many ways. But sometimes we forget that we are in a war too. It's not necessarily a physical war, but we are in a spiritual war. And it's more real, it's more devastating, that the stakes are eternal. And we need some of that boldness in the church. We need to be that daring. We need to have some of that daring faith sometimes. We need to have some boldness that moves us out of comfort and convenience into to facing up to what's before us. We need boldness in living for Christ. We need boldness in the workplace. We need boldness in sharing our faith. We need boldness in the face of fear. And boldness doesn't wait for safe conditions. Boldness doesn't back away from the unknown. Boldness doesn't cower from Goliath. And boldness doesn't seek comfort and convenience. The battle we have is not with other people or other countries or other religions. Those may be the, the battlegrounds, but the battle is against the devil who wants to steal, kill, and destroy and devour anyone and everyone he can. In Ephesians chapter 6, starting with verse 10, it says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. And, and the battle is really only about one thing. It's the salvation of souls that is only through the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you're a Christian here this morning that is passionate about the gospel, and we are a church that is passionate about the gospel, then we are on the front line. We are a church that is focused and centered and mobilized for telling the gospel to everyone everywhere, and we cannot expect that there won't be any opposition. 
We can't just set ourselves out there and start preaching the good news and start sending church planters up into the northeast, northeast, northeast India and then expect that there won't be some kind of retaliation or some kind of pushback. Now, we know we are more than conquerors, amen. We know that we have the victory. This, isn't, this is not a fair fight, but it is still a fight. And we are on the winning team. We are on the winning side. It's already been settled. Jesus settled that already. But, as, but for us who are, are Christians, we already have the eternal hope of salvation. But there's still many who've never heard the gospel, who don't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And it's for them that we battle. It's for them that we, that we fight, that we go into places where the gospel isn't welcome, but we go anyway. The devil may not be able to affect your salvation, but I guarantee you he is doing everything he can to affect the salvation of others. And in Acts chapter 3, I was reminded there's a song that I don't think I'll sing it, but it goes, Peter and John went to pray. Does anyone know this? And he met a layman on the way. He asked him for arms and he held out his palms. And this is what Peter did say. Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he went walking and leaping and praising. So I'll read, I'll read it. Walking and leaping and praising God. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And the people were excited. This is what happened in Acts chapter 3. And, uh, and then Peter started preaching the gospel. And I'm going to pick it up now at Acts chapter 4. And as they were speaking to the people, the priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, greatly annoyed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they arrested them and put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. But many of those who had heard the word believed... Here's a church service, and the number of the men came to about 5,000. How's that for an older call? Verse 5, On the next day their rulers and elders and scribes gathered together in Jerusalem with Annas the high priest and Caiaphas and John and Alexander and all who were of the high priestly family. And when they had set them in the midst, they inquired, By what power or by what name did you do this? And then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders, if we are being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, by what, this, by what means this man has been healed, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel but that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you well. Amen. And this Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders which has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated common men, they were astonished and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. Here were Peter and John, uneducated, common men. No position, no title, 
no worldly authority or importance, but they had the best qualifier of all. It was recognized that they had been with Jesus. We've met Jesus. We know Jesus as our Lord and Savior. We have spent time with Jesus. But can people recognize that we've spent time with Jesus? See, boldness comes from spending time with Jesus. The less time I spend with Jesus, the less bold I am. The less time I spend with Jesus, the less faith I have. The less time I spend with Jesus, the less motivation I have. The less time I spend with Jesus, the less excited I am about Him and about His Word and about His church. But the more I spend with Jesus, I am bold. I am full of faith. I am full of vision. I am full of trust. My world gets bigger. I see Jesus. I see people how Jesus sees people. I treat people how Jesus wants me to treat people. I see the life Jesus wants me to live. I live with an eternal perspective. I live with an eternal hope that I have. When I spend time with Jesus, I am bold and I can be very bold. So boldness comes through spending time with Jesus. They weren't educated. They, they weren't recognized as anyone of any importance. But they recognized something about Peter and John, that they'd been with Jesus. For, verse 14. But seeing the man who was healed standing beside them, they had nothing to say in opposition. But when they had commanded them to leave the council, they conferred with one another, saying, What shall we do to these men? For that a notable sign has been performed through them is evident to all the inhabitants of Israel, Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. Verse 17, But in order that it may spread no further among the people, let us warn them to speak no more to anyone in his name. So they called them and charged them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge. For we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. You know, the enemy hasn't changed at all. His agenda is still to silence the name of Jesus. And we read these verse, we read these words before in verse 12, and I think this is the reason why. And there, verse 12, it says, And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. So if there is no other name, if Jesus is the only name, and if I'm the devil, then that's the name I want to stop. That's the name I want to work out. That's, that's the name that I want to cease. That's the name I don't want spoken anymore. Use the word God, use the word Lord, but do not use the word of Jesus Christ. And we see that back then, and we see it today. we got to be bold. It's the name of Jesus by which men must be saved. So we shouldn't be surprised when the world is persecuting Christianity, but we should recognize that the battle is not against flesh and blood. But if we want to be a church that is unashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, then we must know Jesus Christ and spend time with Jesus Christ and speak the name of Jesus Christ boldly. 
Verse 21, And when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way to punish them because of the people. For all were praising God for what had happened. For the man on whom this sign of healing was performed was no more was more than 40 years old. This man had been lame his whole life. And I have met a couple of people in the course of my life that in their 40s, in their 50s, where they have been lame, paralyzed their whole life. And you know that their legs are not developed. You know that there is no muscle mass. So that there must have been some amazing, incredible physical transformation in this man. Not just the fact that he's walking, but, but wow, he's got legs with some muscle in there now. It must have been an incredible thing. And no wonder they say, we can't dispute this. Everyone in Jerusalem has seen this man for 40 years. He's been at the gates of the temple for 40 years, being carried there to beg and to ask and to beg. And so people going in and out, they know him. And now 40 years on, now he's walking and jumping and praising God. And they, like, no wonder they say, we can't dispute this. There's nothing we can do to, to say, man, this is, this is wrong because, man, here it is. Here's the evidence. So verse 23, when they were released, they went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And when they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God and said, Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them, who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, why did the Gentiles rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. What they're saying is when you know how big God is, when they're saying, Sovereign Lord, you made heaven and earth and the sea and everything in them. How big is God? And then you got it. And then you, they're asking this question. They're quoting out of Psalm chapter 2. Man, why, why would the nations even bother to try and set themselves up against God? How futile is that, that they would do that? Verse 27, For truly in this city there were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants, and stop there, Look upon their threats and grant to yourselves. Now, I'm just, I put myself in their position. And I thought, what would I be praying in this moment? Knowing what's just happened. Knowing that this man's been healed. Knowing that he's now walking and, and he's a testimony. And now Peter and John get called in and said, Do not ever again use the name of Jesus Christ. You cannot teach in his name. You cannot use his name. You cannot preach in his name. Don't do it or there'll be trouble. And they know, they know the kind of trouble that they can get in. They see and have seen what has happened to people who've gone before them. They saw what happened to Jesus. And so I'm thinking if I'm there and I'm getting that warning, what would I be praying? And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to you. Maybe I would be praying something like, and grant to your servants safety. Lord, grant, grant to your servants protection. Uh, grant to your servants some wisdom. Grant to your servants some, some favor. Lord, Lord keep, us, keep us safe because we don't want anything bad to happen. 
But here's what they prayed. Because they didn't pray that way. They said, and now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness. While you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. We should look in the face of battle and we should be praying and asking for boldness. Boldness to speak the gospel, boldness to pray for people, boldness to live for Jesus even when it's not popular, boldness to give our finances to support our brothers and sisters who are risking their lives every day to go and preach the gospel in those places that we will never go to, boldness to live every day facing the spiritual battle, knowing what's at stake, devoted to making Jesus' last command our first priority. Boldness. We're going to be praying for some boldness. We need to be bold. It's, it's not time to play it safe anymore. And you've heard me say this before, most likely, but I do not want to be in heaven one day and we're all sitting around talking about, hey, how great was it to, to live in those days? Man, what did your church do? What did your church do? Man, well, we... You talk to some churches, man, we went over to this country and we sent missionaries and we saw these people come to Jesus. And I don't want to be that church who says, well, you know, we, our church, we just kind of, we didn't want to upset anybody. We didn't want to disrupt anything. We, we wanted to play it safe. We, we didn't want to make anybody angry. I don't want to have that kind of confession in heaven. The confession I want to have in heaven is, man, we tried to be as bold as we knew to be. I, I, we, we went out there. We did it. We, we preached the good news. Well, we, we, we had some people that we supported in missions, and they gave their life for Christ, but they went and did it anyway. But we, but we know that they're in heaven. We know that where they're at, and we just kept going on because we know that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. So we will not be ashamed, and we will not be fearful, but we will be bold, and we will be unashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus. That's the confession that I want to have when, we, when we're sitting up there in church one day, and we're talking, and, and you know, we... We are going to see some amazing victories, and we may see some losses. But whatever it is, I know that we are a church that's on the front line, that we are a church that is going out and preaching the gospel. And I, don't, I think there are some prayers that God is more excited to answer than others. There are prayers that I pray, and I think God sits up there sometimes and says, Really? You're talking to the creator of all things who just, with his voice, everything appeared. Didn't even have to use his hands, just his voice. You're talking to God who owns the cattle on a thousand hills. And you're talking to a God who uses gold as pavement in heaven. And I'm sure there's some times that I've prayed and God says, really, is that, is that all you're asking? Is that what you're asking? And then there are prayers, like the one that we just read that they prayed, that I think God rubs his hands and together and says, let's go, let's do it, let's do this. God will answer all kinds of prayers, and I don't know if there is one that he's more excited to answer than the one for the church to be bold to go and preach the good news, to preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Now, nearly all the things we enjoy as Christians today, we're going to enjoy in heaven too. We're going to, we worship here in church, and I love our worship. I always love praising and worshiping God. You know, we're going to get to do that in heaven one day as well. And, you know, it's probably going to be a lot bigger. It's probably going to go a lot longer. And, and no one's going to get tired of it because we're right there. Uh, and I, So what we get to do here, we get to do there when, it, when we're praising and worshiping God. We're going to praise Him there. We'll meet with one another there in heaven as well. We'll talk to God in heaven. I don't know. I don't know what it's going to look like. Maybe there's going to be Spurgeon who's going to be preaching in a building down there and Wesley down in another church and, and some of the, you know, maybe the Apostle Peter and, and John and then maybe Jesus will stand up and preach and start bringing some illumination to his word that we never got while we're here on earth. Like all these amazing things that we do here and we get into his word here and we love it. A lot of that we're going to be able to do in heaven as well. But the one thing we cannot do in heaven is this, to share the good news of Jesus with those who have not received Christ as their Savior. Everything else we're going to get to do eternally, forever. But there's one thing when we're in heaven that we cannot do, and that's to turn around and, and preach the gospel to those who need to hear it. Because everyone who's there has already heard it. Everyone who's there has already responded to it. The one thing the church has to do now that we cannot do when we're in heaven is share the good news with others. And that's why we have to be bold. That's why we, we can't just sit around and, and enjoy everything else and yet neglect the one thing, the one prayer that I believe that God is wanting us to pray is that, Lord, help us to get the gospel out. Help us to be bold and to speak your name and to proclaim the name of Jesus Christ. The preaching the gospel only have this time right now. Nothing matters more than the gospel. Not my blessing, not my comfort, not my convenience, not my vacation time, not my finances. There is nothing that matters more, church, as the gospel. Amy Carmichael, she was a British minister, uh, missionary to India in the, in the early 1900s, and she said this, we have all eternity to celebrate the victories but only a few hours before sunset to win them. I'll read that again. We have all eternity to celebrate the victories, and we will, and we will celebrate, but only a few hours before sunset to win them. This is our time, church. Who, who are you going to share your faith with this week, or who are you going to bring to church next Sunday? What are you prepared to give up for the sake of the gospel? What are you prepared to give for the gospel for the gospel so that it can go into all the world? We have to we have to do this. And we have to be bold. We cannot be half-hearted. We have got to be unashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and we cannot be embarrassed to share the love of Jesus. We cannot afford to choose timidity over courage, lethargy over action, fear over faith, or safety over conviction. Imagination's church is a church that is bold. And when you think about it, what do we have to lose? I mean, really, 
we have already gained Christ. We have already gained eternal life through Christ. In Christ, we have all that we need. And Paul said this to the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians 12. He says, I will most gladly spend and be spent for your souls. And I I thought about that verse. I will most gladly spend and be spent for your souls so that others may know, for others, so that others may know the good news of Jesus Christ, so others may know that there is a Father in heaven who loves them, who came to die for them, die for their sins so that people could come and be together with him for eternity. I will most gladly be spent for your souls. We have absolutely nothing to lose but so much to gain for Christ and for his glory. We are a bold church. We are a daring church. We are a stare-down-the-devil church. We are a battle-aware and a battle-ready church, and we are a church that is focused on what heaven is focused on, souls, others, so that people may know the gospel. And this is why we bring our offering, our missions offering every month. This is, this is why we do this, just to remind ourselves that it's, it's great to, to come and be with one another, one another and be encouraged and be prayed for and, and all the great things that we do. But we can never forget, why are we here as a church? Why has God, in, and I'm not just saying this church right here in this building, but even across the whole globe, why has Jesus instituted his church in the world? It's so that we can get the gospel, so that we can be witnesses, so that we can go into all the world and make disciples of all the nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything that Jesus has commanded. Amen. Lord God, I thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you for the boldness, Lord, that you've given us. And Lord, I pray, Lord, that we would grow in that boldness. Lord, that we would reach further being bold for you. But Lord, as we started out from the very beginning, where the boldness comes from, spending time with you. And Lord Jesus, we thank you that, that you dwell in us. Lord, we thank you that your presence is always with us. You, you say that, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And we thank you for your presence with us. And Lord, as we spend time with you, Lord, I pray that the boldness would increase. Lord, I pray what your heart is for people would, would somehow infect our heart for people, that we would see people as you see people, that we would see the hurting, that we would see the unfortunate in the situations or that people are going through. Lord, that we would see people with compassion. We would see people with love. We would look at people. Lord, I want to share your grace with them. Thank you for listening to the podcast. We hope it blessed and encouraged you. Join us live on Sunday or at our Midweek Connect small group meetings in North Phoenix, Arizona.